I speak to you in the name of God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. I cannot stop thinking about the man with the candles. I cannot stop thinking about the man with the candles. The man who came to the cathedral to attend the Requiem for the Homeless this past November 1st. The man who lingered long after everyone else had left that night. After the last meal had been served, the last prayer said, the last pair of feet washed. The man who caught my eye as I rushed out of the nave at breakneck speed, eager to leave myself, wanting nothing more than to get home, change into my pajamas, and curl up on the sofa with Netflix and a glass of wine. At first, I couldn't tell exactly what he was doing. Hunched over in a shadowy corner of the narthex, he was placing something, actually a bunch of somethings, into a bag. After a moment, one of our faithful cathedral ushers came up, stood beside me, and said softly, you know, this guy's missed the last bus back to the shelter but I didn't have the heart to disturb him. He's been working on this for a while. Clearly, it's important to him. It was only then that I saw what it was. It was dozens and dozens of candles. The same candles we had just used in the Requiem to remember each individual from the city of Atlanta who had died in the past year while unhoused. The same candles we had lit while more than 75 names were read. The same candles that had been snuffed out actually over an hour ago, their witness already born, their purpose already served, now ready to be retired. And these were the candles. These were the candles, just remnants of candles, really. These were the candles that the man was now taking out of a cardboard box and packing into his canvas grocery bag, one by one by one, with great care and intention, making sure that none of them fell to the ground or broke. What on earth was he going to do with them all, I wondered. What on earth was he going to do with all these worn-out, worn-down candles, these once long, graceful tapers now reduced to sad little stumps? What could he possibly want with them? Maybe nothing. Maybe something. Maybe, I thought, he didn't even realize what he was doing. Maybe he did. I'll never know, of course, yet I can't help but think that this man's gathering of the used-up candles had something to do with hope, if only on a subconscious level. I can't help but think that this man's gathering of the used-up candles had something to do with hope. 
hope that having borne light before, these candles might somehow bear light again. Hope that this present darkness might yet prove to be transient, a wick still seeking a flame, the long night waiting for the coming dawn. Today, we enter the season of Advent, a time of hoping, a time of waiting, a time of seeking, a time of looking for light in places where deep down, we may fear there is no light left to be had. A time of looking for light even in the midst of great darkness. A time of looking for light, especially in the midst of great darkness. A time for learning to live with the darkness that is an inevitable part of being human. A time for learning to live with the darkness, not in some sad, resigned way, but in the quiet confidence of the children of God. The quiet confidence that proclaims, in spite of it all, all the death despair and destruction of this world, in spite of it all, Christ has come. Christ has come. Christ will come again. Like the man gathering used up candles in the cold, dark shadows, this is the great work of Advent, to prepare to welcome the light even and especially in those places in our lives and in our world where the light seems unlikely to appear. Those places where, to use the imagery of this morning's gospel lesson, the sun is darkened and the moon does not give its light. Those places where it can feel like a waste of time and energy, honestly, trying to ignite even a single spark, those places where the brutal winds of addiction, disease, warfare, poverty, and oppression threaten to extinguish any flicker of joy and peace. These are the places where we are called to get ready, to stay alert, to pay attention this Advent. For these are the places where somehow Inexplicably, the light is drawn. They are the places where the light is attracted in this strange upside-down world that is the kingdom of God. The light is drawn. It is drawn to the doctor's office where the mother of three young children is learning that the chemotherapy has not been as effective as she had hoped. It is drawn to suburban middle schools where still more students and teachers cower behind locked doors praying to survive our country's latest mass shooting. It is drawn to the conference room where just this past weekend talks to resume a ceasefire in Gaza have collapsed. It is drawn to the bedroom where a teenager is contemplating self-harm after reading gossip about herself online. It is drawn to the homes where family gatherings this holiday season won't go as everyone had hoped and to homes where they won't happen at all. 
It is drawn to the highway underpasses where some of our neighbors take shelter each evening from the cold in tents and cardboard boxes. These are the places. These are the places and so many more like them. These are the places, Advent reminds us, where against all odds, the one whom John's gospel calls the light of life is strangely drawn, pulled almost, and where indeed that light has come and is coming. This is where Christ has made himself known and where he will make himself known again. These are the places where hope will break out again as indeed it has broken out before. This is where, if we allow it, you and I can learn to love once more. You and I can learn to live once more. And so my friends, on this first Sunday of Advent, Let us gather our own candles wherever we may find them. Let us gather our candles, even the oldest, least likely remnants. Let us gather our candles and let us stay for a while in the shadows of this season, though others have already left. When we are ready, when we are ready, we can make our way to Bethlehem, perhaps in the spirit of these words of the poet Jan Richardson. Go slowly if you can, slower, more slowly still, friendly, dark, or fearsome. This is no place to break your neck by rushing, by running, by crashing into that which you cannot see. Then again, it is true. Different darks have different tasks. And if you have arrived here unawares, if you have come here this day in peril or in pain, this might be no place where you should dawdle. I do not know what these shadows ask of you, what they might hold that means you good or ill. It is not for me to reckon whether you should linger or you should leave. But this is what I can ask for you, that in the darkness there be a blessing, that in the shadows there be a welcome, that in the night you be encompassed by the love that knows your name. Amen.